0: Is a
1: boardwalk audio podcast.
0: Hello, hi, and happy Good News Wednesday. I'm your host, Hannah Canningator here to talk all about the people, places, and current events that are affecting the world in a positive way. This week, the guest I will be unveiling my stories to is such a joy, Jen Cascio. Jen is an actress and an improviser. You can catch her shows at the UCB Theater Sunset every last Wednesday of the month with the team Parker Posey and every first Saturday of the month with her team Garbage. At the UCB Theater Sunset, she manages there uh, all the dang time, and she's a joy to talk to, as you'll find out. So let's go have some good news with Jen. We're gonna get right to that good news, but before we do, just a quick little sidebar. If you like the podcast, please rate and review it on iTunes. It's the only way to get this little good news machine noticed in the search results and just out there into the rest of the world. Also, it totally makes my day to see that someone enjoyed hearing some good news. Okay, second sidebar. Do you shop for things on Amazon? Well... Aside from the ratings and reviews, the best way to support the show is by going to boardwalkaudio.com slash good news and clicking that little button that says support our artists. That will take you to Amazon, where you just kind of shop around and do your stuff like you normally would. Then when you check out, Amazon kicks back a little percentage of what they make to the show. And that little percentage helps me keep the show a-going. So very cool, right? Okay, housekeeping time is over. Let's talk about those freaking good people out there making the world a better place. Good news. Good news. Good news. Good news. Good news. Good news. Hello. Good news. I think it's time we had some freaking real good news. Uh, hello and good news everybody (laughs) here i am with jen sitting on the couch uh, and we're gonna talk we're gonna jump straight into it um okay let's see the first story oh the first oh i remember (laughs) i want to do a quick update on Oh, I forgot to type out the exact stats, but I'm pretty sure I remember. Okay, so the if you listened a couple episodes ago to Charlie and Mahalik's episode, we were talking about the Girl Scout um, cookies, like how the, on she did the honest reviews um, about the cookies and did a rating of 1 to 10 on all of them. And a lot of them were really harsh. And then she ended up selling like a ton of cookies because of it. I think when I reported on it, I was, first of all, very iffy about the numbers, but I checked up on it, and she ended up selling total 23,000 boxes of Girl Scout cookies. That's a lot of cookies. That's so many cookies. I felt bad yesterday. I I was running in and out of the grocery store, and, like, these Girl Scouts were, like, yelling. Girl Scout
1: cookies. <laughs> you know, I used to have to go door to door. I mean, granted, I live in a yeah. really small neighborhood, and it was, like, incredibly safe around here. I don't think a kid should go door to door. Yeah. But I'm like, you're just sitting outside of Ralph's, like, praying on all of us as we come by with your cuteness and your cookies.
0: Of course you're going to make Like, st- yeah, I remember when I did it, it was door to door. And you couldn't go to people you didn't know. Yeah. It was like a weird Girl Scout pyramid game, yeah. ki- Or, like, it was that kind of thing. Yeah, was, like, and you had
1: to, like, stay like if this was your 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 troop and like this town you yeah. couldn't like go into like another town it was like the mafia like you yeah. couldn't leave town and go somewhere else somewhere else remember my my dad um wouldn't take like the order form to work because he was like no you need to sell them I'm like I'm not gonna and if someone asked about it yeah. he'd be like oh yeah my kids are selling them. but he wasn't like no I'm not going to post in the break room you got to go door to door um and i lived in like and we had like four neighbors I'm like all right <laughs> okay
0: I know I always did so bad at it because of that because they were like even though we were so small town they were still so about safety. safety it was like yeah. you can only go to family friends they have to know who you are and then they tell you friends so it's like certain fr- like since it's also small town it's all the same people oh They're absolutely like, well we already got Melinda yeah. over here earlier today
1: yeah and now I feel like I'm like do I know anyone that has a like a a daughter who's a Girl Scout, because I would totally buy cookies from yeah. them. Um, but I also feel like the cookies just aren't as good. Yeah. Maybe it's because I'm, like, old. I don't know. But I feel like I feel like that's about Dunkin' Donuts also. They're smaller, and they're not as good as when I was a kid. And it's a letdown, because I used to, like, live for them, you know?
0: Really? Mm. I've never had a Dunkin' Donuts.
1: Uh, it was, like... Okay, so when I was a kid, I took ice skating lessons when I was, like, really little, and I was horrible. And it was – to be on the ice for, like, a full hour, and I was, like, bundled <laughs> up. I had a helmet. It was so bad because, like, you'd literally just fall down the whole time. My mom would, would – well, my, both my parents would say, they'd be like, if you can stay on the ice the whole time, we'll go buy Dunkin' Donuts after. And then it became, like, anytime we were out and about it, if we were good, it was like, yeah, we'll go to Dunkin' Donuts after. So it was, like, this reward system, um, which – Like, I wonder if now, if, like, rewarding your kids with donuts is considered child abuse. like, (laughs) childhood obesity and everything. I don't know. But that was, like, our our thing. And so it has, like, that nostalgia, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they're really – I hate saying it because they are, but they're not that good when you think about it. But a donut in general, I'd rather have, like, when you think of all the crap that's in it. I know. It's, like, ah. how can I really make the sugar count? Right, I want it to
0: be the best. Angona. What, yeah,
1: what's the best way to do it?
0: Um, I get that. We when I was little, like every now and then, our treat would be to go to this place called Land, which is not Dairy Queen, but like a, a kind of ish <laughs> like it, but locally owned. And they have a thing called cheese wheels there, which is a hamburger that's wrapped in cheese and then breaded on the outside and then deep fried oh my god <laughs> and then if w- there's like this crazy seasoning they put on it and it's uh it's so gross but it's so
1: good and with that how would they serve it because like would you just eat it with like a knife like how do you hold that
0: they give it to you in like those like the same kind of paper that you grab cookies or donuts. Oh, like that okay. really thin yeah. like pastry paper they just hand it over to you and oh. that you like eat it out of the bag That's pretty cool. It's like a fried, it's just a fried circle
1: that you you eat. But like, like when you think of it as a kid, like all of your favorite foods in one, like hamburger with cheese and it's fried, would you put anything on it? Yeah, like ketchup or whatever. That sounds pretty cool. It's like um, a hamburger version of like a a corn dog. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly. With melted cheese on it. Yeah.
1: It's kind of genius, people that come up with that stuff. I know. It really is, because I couldn't.
0: Dude, if we had a fry, Charles has been trying to get us to have a frying thing in our house for years, and I just, I can't let it happen, because I don't know what would happen to us.
1: Third degree but, burns, probably. That's yeah. what would happen to me. <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, if I caught my arm on fire. I can't
0: come to work today, because I was frying. <laughs> um... <laughs> Okay, let's see. So my first, that's a Girl Scout cookie update. I'm also going to try and, there's been a couple of times that I've re-listened to episodes and just realized that I've said numbers or something completely wrong. Not a ton, but just where I'm like, oh, I said 23,000, or I said a million, it was supposed to be like 1,000. Um, I'll try and do little corrections in the beginning if people get hung up on it. I don't know. <laughs> It's all good news, so it doesn't really matter.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're being trolled because your good news stats are off. (laughs)
0: Um, So this is called, this is, the first couple are about, like, um, reducing trash. So this one um, is called Mr. Trash Wheel. And he uh, lives in Baltimore. And he lives in the Jones Falls River. And he's a little solar-powered trash wheel um, and the current other, he's like uh here, I'll show you a picture. They put oh huge gosh, googly, they put eyes googly eyes on him. him and he looks really cute. And he's just this little thing that goes, uh, up and down the river, uh, or I
1: guess probably down. It's big though. It's probably like the size of a boat or like yeah. a small car. Yeah.
0: It's like, uh, yeah, definitely the size of, I would say like a SUV, maybe like a small, like a RAV4. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be real specific. <laughs> And uh, he pulls, he just pulls out tons and tons of trash from the Baltimore River. And um, it's all current powered. So, Hmm. uh, but then when there's not enough current from the river, uh, it's solar powered to keep the, it's just like a little conveyor belt of trash that dumps it into a dumpster behind it. That's so cool. Yeah. And then a boat comes and takes the dumpster away and uh, replaces it. And I think it's like, I think it was like he's removed over a million pounds of trash since he's been around since I think.
1: Is that a two number?
0: No. It's something it's like a a, lot. It's definitely in the millions though. (laughs) I know this one's not a thousand. He uh yeah it's a lot it's so much trash. And then um just recently because I was like looking at he has a Twitter, the Mr., like, at Mr. Trash Wheel on Twitter, with all these little updates, um, and somebody, he just posted that, like, there's somebody who's making a video game about, uh, Baltimore, and they're calling it, like, Seymour, it's about a little dog named Seymour, um, who, like, goes around Baltimore. It's in the really early stages. I was watching the, the previews of it on YouTube. It's, like, Uh, old-school graphics, like, 1990s Mac graphics of a dog running around looking around Baltimore. But he added the Mr. Trash Wheel to it, and there's, like, a feed of it on Reddit, and Mr. Trash Wheel saw it and, like, commented on it, (laughs) like, the real Trash Wheel. You just made all my dreams come true. Oh, my God. And so the person commented back, wow, I can't believe the real Mr. Trash Wheel saw my post. It would be such a real honor to have the official Mr. Trash Wheel in the game instead of the – because he made, like, a generic one – The generic Mr. Trash Mouth for like copyright issues, (laughs) and Mr. (laughs) Trash Wheel wrote back, "You have my blessing. Go forth and prosper, (laughs) my (laughs) son." I
1: love
0: it. It's like the cutest. We gotta have Mr. Trash Wheels everywhere.
1: It's such a cute idea because, like, looking at it, it looks like um, it makes me think like kids are like a parade or something. Yeah, you know, and I think it's a cool way to 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 get the community behind picking up trash yeah because it's like the it's like when you think of like people picking up trash it's either volunteer groups or like community service yeah it's you know which I guess a volunteer is fun but the community service now I don't know from experience yeah.
0: but I would assume that they don't really want to
1: be there I mean maybe they do because I don't want to be in prison I don't know I shouldn't be so judgmental I have no idea how any of that works but my point being is like that's a cool way for the community to get behind something and it's like Let's take care of our river and let's do all this. Yeah, I do wonder how Mr. Trash knows that he's picking up trash and not like marine life. Like, how does it know? Because that's really like it's able to differentiate what's going on in there, not to like cause controversy with Mr. Trash. I bet
0: maybe just because it goes really.
1: I guess the fish probably swim away too. Right.
0: I feel like the way it's designed is it's like a slow conveyor belt. Yeah. That grabs, I think, probably stuff from the um yeah like from the bottom of the ocean so I feel like the fish have time
1: yeah <laughs> they have like a warning light time to escape.
0: <laughs> he has little lights on him too and I bet with the we- like he's got a wheel and the noise and stuff I could see maybe little crappies and things getting stuck in there yeah but I bet fish for the most part yeah I bet nothing I mean
1: I'm sure it's designed and they wouldn't have it out there if it did well, that is genius.
0: Um, yeah, and he lights up, and I didn't even think about the kids thing because he looks so cute, and at night he lights up like it's such a good way. Because I, if I was a kid, I'd be like, "Whoa, what is yeah. that?" And then your parents are like, "That is how we pick up trash," <laughs> and it like opens that whole discussion. Well, it just
1: made me think of like a, like street cleaning, which is mm-hmm. so huge out here. You gotta like read the read the signs a million times mm-hmm. for street cleaning. But if I saw a street cleaner driving down the street with googly eyes, I yeah, yeah, I would I wouldn't. Like, be as upset by street cleaning days. Yeah. I wouldn't be, like, cussing at these signs because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, what do you mean twelve to 2 on Tuesday? Where yeah. am I going to park? <laughs> yeah. I would just be so cool with it. And probably if I got a ticket, no, I'd still be pissed, but I'd be like, well, let's go into the trash van yeah. <laughs>
0: It'll be okay. Uh, yeah. Trash man's clean in the world.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, That leads me to another good <laughs> trash <laughs> time talk. Um, so this one is, it's not new news. It's been around for like a while since 2012 is when they opened their doors. But, um, there is a store, a uh, grocery store in Atlanta, mm-hmm. um, that works to make like basically zero waste because, so this, here's some, here's some sad statistics, some sad statistics. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so the human, the average human, these are real facts too, I double checked. Uh, <laughs> the average human makes 4.3 pounds of trash a day, which is such a bummer. Yeah. Uh, I think about that every time we empty our trash in our apartment. I'm like, where is all this coming from? Yeah. Um. And there's like, oh, now I'm remembering where the million pound thing came from that I mentioned earlier. It's from this statistic. There's like... <laughs> I didn't write it down again. There's like millions of pounds uh, that go into landfills every Mm -hmm. year. And 40% of that is from like container packaging, just like packaging. So like when you think about when you buy cereal at the grocery store, it's inside of a cardboard box in a bag. Mm -hmm. So all that kind of stuff. So this store, they are like a giant bulk. Everything that they have – is in bulk containers, and you show up with con- like even soap. They have like Doctor Bronner's, oh, coconut oil, like every single thing in their store comes out of a bulk thing. So there's absolutely no packaging. They sell containers like mason jars and stuff. If you don't have any, or you just bring your own, and then it's all by weight hmm. at the end. And they sell like a lot of um, they sell a lot of local food and farmers market stuff like that as well. And then a lot of it is like good. Like, they're giving Whole Foods a run for their money on, like, the natural organic wow. food type of thing. But, the, so they, um, this last month, or they make on average 3.7 pounds of trash in a whole, an entire month. Wow. Yeah. And um, they have sent zero pounds of food waste to the landfill since opening their doors in 2012. So that 3.7 pounds of trash is, like, not food waste. It's all I imagine I have to have some trash.
1: Right. I mean every place you know if there's a bathroom or whatever I mean you're going to have like something.
0: Yeah. 3.7 pounds of trash a month. That's so crazy. And so they with their food waste and stuff what they do is they compost and they Mm -hmm. recycle and so but actual landfill trash um, is not a thing and they have partnered with uh, I guess there's some Austin seems like a real cool. Oh, the store is called Ingredients, but it's in period ingredients because you gotta be you gotta be hip if you, mm-hmm. if you have a store like that
1: in Austin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, right.
0: And yeah, they're just I guess Austin as a goal. I didn't know this, but there's they have a Zero Waste Alliance, which is committed to like making sustainable super close to zero waste as close as they can get um, before two th- 2040 uh, meaning that they by that time they want to be diverting 95% of all their waste from landfills uh, and incendi- incinerators by like recycling, reuse, composting and stuff like this store where you just don't have like, mm-hmm. stupid packaging I hate, every time I get a package from Amazon I'm always so pissed off because it's oh my like God. the there you get the thing and then like There's bubble wrap inside, and then each thing is, like, also individually wrapped in a thing.
1: It's too much. Or I was just thinking, like, when you're talking about the store, I'm like, I – like, imagine working there. I'd feel like such an asshole. I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to go get lunch. And you'd come back with, like, Wendy's, and it's like each thing is individually wrapped, like, in a bag. And granted, it's a lot of it's, you know, recyclable. But I would – everyone's, like, probably eating their organic whatever, and I'd be like, (laughs) with my fast food bag.
0: I was thinking about that, too, because I'm also really bad about just, like – um, well, I just started a new job, but I used to be driving Lyft and stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in my car all day long. And in the beginning of the day, I would, like, fill up a water bottle. But then as the day go on, day goes on, I'm like, there's not a lot of public places to, like, fill up your water bottle yeah. with good water in yeah. L.A. Um, and so then I'm just buying water bottles, like, the amount of water bottles.
1: That's that something that gets me because I would, like, the reusable bottles, I feel like, I'll have it for a good month or so, and then I leave it somewhere, yeah, I and do that too. and I'm, I'm I'm like that's more wasteful, yeah, I think, if you're like throwing one of those out every month or whatever. um, so I feel like I'll just get the water bottles, I'll you know. And then I'll try to fill them up, like, three or four times. Yeah. And then I'll recycle it. Yeah. Because I, I feel like at least that way, if I leave it somewhere, it's, hopefully it's going to be recycled. Yeah. But it is. It's so – and if I know I'm just going to, like, go for a run or whatever or go to the – whatever, the gym, I'll try to, like, take my reusable one. But it is – it's so hard because – and, I mean, I think maybe L.A. just needs to be better to that. They need to have more, like, water bottle filling stations yeah. or something. Yeah. With just our
0: – I would be so down because there's just not a lot of like, I guess there's drinking fountains at the park and stuff, but that water is,
1: I mean, it, it's not filtered and it's probably like the same as toilet water. It's you know? Like, it's, yeah, like not, it's filtered
0: to the degree that is like, it's just, uh the water that used to come out of our last apartment. Did you ever see that? Par- the one over by UCB? Mm-hmm. Yeah, had no. It was a gorgeous apartment. It was. Giant, it didn't make any sense how much. Well, actually, as I say this, it does make how much (laughs) sense how little we were paying for it. But like, it was so old, our water that would come out of our tap was like yellow because obviously it goes through a filter, but then coming up through the pipes, yeah, it's like old ass pipes and they're all resting. And it Mm -hmm. was legitimately yellow water, it was so bad.
1: We lived at a place to like, um miracle mile like right outside beverly hills and the bathtub because we wouldn't would take showers normally yeah. so it's like if you turn on the bathtub you'd it would come out yellow for a minute and you'd have yeah. to let it like kind of run its course but um yeah and i it think it's like all right so that's what i can see what's in here that i can't see? Right. it was gross
0: yeah so and if then, there yeah. there just needs to be more i mean i guess there's the big but that's only for if you have the at least gallon. There's, like, the ones outside grocery mm-hmm. stores where you can fill up gallons, which I used to do. Yeah. But you got to have a gallon. I wish they had little spots where you could.
1: Yeah, or even just, like, put in, like, a couple quarters or something and then, like, fill up your water bottle. Yeah, only you know, just I, a liter. Yeah, exactly. I think, like, a lot of airports have that now. Yeah. Because you can't bring in water, which is a great idea. And it's, like, just do and mm-hmm. just fill it up.
0: Yeah. We got to have so much less trash.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about that other than we <laughs> do, because I personally do a really bad job. I do – I have – I found my – because my recyclable water bottles, I lose them all the time too, uh-huh. but I found one that somebody gave to me. My friend Hannah Yaz and I were going to Universal, so I was like, oh, I'll bring my water bottle. I finally found it. Um and we like stopped somewhere to fill it up and i opened it up and there was like old wine in it I was like I was like i don't know where this is from or what like how long this has been in here but we can't use this for wine. yeah there's like two week old wine in here from something that i brought wine to
1: <laughs> yeah that's so funny
0: i always uh bring wine to movie theaters when i go see a movie
1: oh that's a good idea yeah, you know. just smuggle them in your water bottle mm-hmm.
0: like because I'm like okay. I bring I bring
1: candy I'm like a little kid yeah I bring yeah. I
0: always bring like I put a little wine in a water bottle and bring like some chocolate yeah because I'm like I don't want to drink I I don't feel like paying tons of money for your popcorn and your shitty soda yeah and that's I want to have like, a glass like, of wine and some uh-huh. chocolate because that's what I would be doing at home right <laughs>
1: and I'm not a soda drinker so I'm like well it's and I don't want to spend like t- $10 on a little bottle of water. So I feel like, yeah, I'll just bring my own thing. And then the candy choices, they don't always have like what I want. Yeah. You know, I'm looking for the boxers so little. I'm like, no, I need like a bigger bag. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> I need a full bag of Dove chocolates. Please. And
1: I don't want to like buy five little bags <laughs> yeah. and, and feel judged. Because <laughs> I'm trying to cut down on trash. <laughs> no, exactly. Yes. <laughs> it all goes back to the trash.
0: <laughs> yeah um okay so now we're at the GoFundMe. i do every week i do a uh i slur- i thought of the right word last week i couldn't think of the word i lurk i'm a lurker on Ooh. GoFundMe. Okay. so i just go and lurk around and look at stuff <laughs>
1: um <I> can, <laughs> it sounds so creepy but it's like so innocent <laughs> yeah.
0: i never donate i only lurk and then tell other people about it um so this one is called this one is local it's hard because they're always kind of like oh they're always kind of sad but this one is uh near LA so it's Costa Mesa mm-hmm. I just thought this one was kind of interesting I want to know like more about this guy's story so this woman put together a GoFundMe for uh a f- their friend Mike McHugh which is who has recently become Homeless after suffering, recovering from a second back surgery and now faces Mm. a third after slipping and falling uh, in the last couple of weeks. Um, He used to be like a sound engineer and there's like YouTube videos of him and he's worked on like 150 different albums and he had a huge studio in Costa Mesa and he's like, uh one of those sound guys who's like all about the pure sound. Like I watched his YouTube interview and he goes around like digital sound is trash and here's my favorite analytic. I was like, I don't know what any of that means. But he really knew his stuff and he had a huge studio, tons of equipment. Um but I guess he's been like slowly going downhill, probably due to medical costs or who knows what else. Um but he hasn't had a real home since uh two thousand twelve and, um, like he had a, he, I guess he used to own this place called the distillery, which I think was a studio recording mm-hmm. space. Then it had to close down and, oh, <clears throat> I choked on myself. <laughs> um, he got, he had to sell a bunch of his like gear and now he's like homeless and facing all these huge medical charges. And so this woman... Like put together a GoFundMe to try and get him at least a van, like a big van that he, he can live, like have his stuff in. And then also rent a new studio space to put all his equipment yeah. and like be working again. Um, and then also help with the medical bills. So they've raised 16000 so oh, that's far. That's a good start. Yeah. yeah. Out of, I think the goal was like seventeen. Which the cynical part of me is like, that's not going to cover anything near what back surgery and all that is going to cost. My stupid rabies bill was like, (sighs) was like four, four grand or something like that. So back surgery. I know. It's, it's really, um. Ugh, medical cost. It's so sad. It sucks. And I, I guess the reason I like this one is I think it just shows, I, I feel like. Some people will see homeless people and assume that they, like, that they've just given up or they don't, mm-hmm. they don't want to work or they're lazy or they don't want to be there. When in reality, it can happen to anyone. Yeah. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. You can get hit with a medical bill cost and, like, all of a sudden, everything that you have is gone. Mm-hmm. When um Like, you have to... Like, uh, in certain cases, if you can't pay bills and stuff or something really bad happens, they'll go after yeah, your shit. Yeah,
1: exactly. They'll put, a, like, a lien on anything you own, and they'll come after you big time. Yeah. Which, I mean, it makes sense because these, these businesses, have, that's, they can't just be like, oh, well, we're going to let your bill go. But at the same time, people can't af- afford. It's like they say, <laughs> this, is, this is a fake statistic, but <laughs> I've heard before that most people are, like, one paycheck away from being homeless. Yeah. And... Even now just to have like a little money banked away for a rainy day is so – it's just hard. Everything is yeah. so expensive and um, it is. It's really hard and it's really scary. But when I look at homeless people, I, I think I'm like everyone started out as a kid, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like you wouldn't look at a, a group of kids in the playground and be like, that kid's going to be homeless. No yeah. one – no one – every – you know, it's like everyone has – I don't know. Like we all start in the same place I guess yeah. is what I'm crudely trying to say, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know? Yeah. <laughs> So it's like people are people, and I think we have to be nicer to each other. And I think when I hear things like this, it's it's really cool that she's helping this guy out, mm-hmm. you know, because um, to watch someone just decline like that it has to be hard and it has to suck. And I know we're like, ah, oh, sixteen grand, like that's gonna cover like one bill, but hopefully it's a start and it'll help. Yeah. And, and maybe that will just be like the I hate something like the motivation because that's not the right word, but like get the 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 ball rolling yeah. and, and it'll be like the first thing of i don't know you know how th- things happen in threes like good luck or bad luck maybe mm-hmm. it's like the first good thing yeah that will start happening for him and then he'll be back where he used to be because that's that's just a shitty place to be yeah
0: that's and that's kind of what she talks about she's yeah. like we just want to get at the very least like we want to get him a a van to live in, which I'm like it's Costa Mesa that totally. Like maybe mm-hmm. that sounds bad if you're like in the Midwest, but Costa Mesa is like
1: a nice ass beach. It's like Yeah, it's, it's like really surfer nice. Town. And it's like 70 degrees all the time yeah. and yeah.
0: So you can live in a van and be fine. Mm-hmm. Except for, well I guess maybe Costa Mesa is outside of LA proper, but mm. this makes I think I've talked about this before. LA passed that you cannot sleep in your own car. Like can you sleep in someone else's car? <laughs>
1: I'm like I found the loophole. No, no, no. See, this is not my car. <laughs> this belongs to my. It's, this van belongs to my friend. A bunch of people bought it for me.
0: Yeah. So they just passed that you can't sleep like in cars. You can't park and sleep anymore, which makes me so mad because yeah. I'm like, if someone's sleeping in their car, it's because it's the only thing that they have left to call home. So you're taking that like, and it's their mm-hmm. property. So you would rather have them sleeping on the street than sleeping in their car, I don't – I just don't – I feel like maybe the reason is they've had problems with, like, RVs, parking. Yeah. But it's like, come on. What else are these – what else are you supposed to do?
1: Yeah. makes me – I know. It really does. It's like, why don't they just have – I don't know. Like, have rest stops or have certain places if that's a thing. Yeah. You know? That way – I feel like if there's a safe place – it's like, okay, if, you, if you're if you down in your lock and you're sleeping in your car, maybe this is a safe place or maybe yeah. – I don't know. I mean, I know that it's so easy to be like, why don't they just do yeah. this? And it's – I guess it's just frustrating because I feel like, you know, in the city there is such a large homeless population. And, yeah, it, it's always one of those things. I'm like, how can we really help the problem? Yeah. Like, where, where does it start or what are things we can really do? And it's – um it's something that, like, when I drive and I, I see I see people and I'm like, okay, I can give somebody money, but how can I really help them? Mm-hmm. And this is maybe – this is, like, maybe a cynical thing to say, but I feel like a lot of charities, too, I often wonder, I'm like, how much are they really helping?
0: Yeah. You got to you know? really – Yeah, you got to, like, do your research. Because, unfortunately, there's some that – yeah. Um, I know it's a really tricky thing, especially in L.A., because it's one of the biggest – people People send their homeless population yeah. to Los Angeles in buses. Yeah, and there's
1: no – I mean, once you get here, there's the ocean. There's nowhere else yeah. to go.
0: And it's the biggest – like, Skid Row, I think, is the biggest. Um, it's, like, on the map as, like, one of the biggest homeless populaces yeah. that, like, actually has, like, basically a census. Every year they do, a like, a wow. homeless count. But it's hard because it's, like, how do you make a – uh a ch- huge change that is cuz you have to make it individually based because mm-hmm. like we're talking about every person has their own story. Yeah. You um you got everything taken away from you. You have you maybe are facing like mental uh health issues that you haven't been able to get help for. Mm-hmm. Maybe you like there's just so many different things. So yeah. how do you make a big overhaul while still treating everyone as an individual yeah. case by case? It's like A crazy thing, um. But I love at least that, because what I think is cool about this is, and she like mentions it a tiny bit in the GoFundMe is another part of it. Like a lot of times, there were some friends I was reading some of the comments. They were like, "I had no idea," and I just started. I just finished my orientation for volunteering at the Women's Center downtown, and one of the things they told us is like a lot of times people won't even tell their friends because mm-hmm. there's, like, the shame mm-hmm. factor. So yeah. they won't even ask – they won't ask for help because they – you're, like, in this dark place and you feel so much shame about what's already happening. So, like, a lot of people were commenting on this, like, I had
1: no idea. Yeah. Um, I get it, though, because I'm the kind of person where, like, big or small, I'm not – I don't reach out for help. That's, yeah. just, that's just my personality. And, and so I understand that – People probably like you know what? I can figure this out I can yep. get through this I don't want to burden people yeah and then before you know it here you are in like a, a you know a bad situation I get how that I under I like I empathize I get how that can happen
0: yeah to- oh I do I, too
1: yeah when we're done with this I want to hear more about the women's shelter because I'm like that yeah. I, I want to do that too um I I'm have, I think that's actually like a way to, to help and make a difference yeah,
0: they are an awesome awesome I'm hoping to uh I've been waiting to actually sign up for my actual hours until I get. A regular schedule for mm-hmm, this new job, mm-hmm. because one thing that I think is cool about them is when you sign up, they ask for that you actually commit to that shift for at least two months. Oh, that's like cool. you can't go switching shifts, and they're like, because we need like they need the people you're helping they need consistency. Like, that's a first step to Mm -hmm. trust and feeling like you can move forward. So you can't sign up for a shift and then be switching around like you would at a restaurant. Like, you want to be able to commit and be consistent. So um, I'm hoping to – I've done the orientation. I'm hoping to actually be able to figure out which one I can sign up for in, like, a week or so.
1: That's really cool.
0: Yeah, and I'll talk to you about it. It's, It's cool. I love that. And so eventually, once I've been there for a while, I would love to do an interview with some of the main people who yeah. run it um, because I'm starting to – I have one planned for next week. I'm starting to interview good news makers. So, like, some episodes will be talking to people who are doing good stuff. Um, anyway, that was a very long-winded – but I'm super <laughs> glad um, – that And that Mike, I hope Mike It's. I guess he's looking at a studio space in North Hollywood. Oh, awesome. And I think they're giving him a van this week, so. Yeah. And getting those, like, he's an artist and a sound engineer and needs that creativity. Mm-hmm. That's like, when you don't have the thing that you love to do, that also makes it really hard. Yeah. So getting back to that is huge. Um... Okay, good. That was the GoFundMe of the week. <laughs> Ooh, uh, and speaking of artists, let's go.
1: <laughs> what <laughs> I a just segue. can <laughs> never do. <it.
0: laughs> I just feel too corny anytime I do it. Um, this one is uh, over in Kenya. This is about a um, uh, a woman in Kenya, Nancy Chela. Chela got Cherwan, <laughs> Cherwan, or They just call her Chela, I think. Um, She's one of Kenya's few female street artists. Hmm. Um, And she earns a living by doing it as well. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And her family is, like, not psyched on it. Um, But Hmm. she lives with some other artists. Um, The...
1: Isn't that like a universal thing? Like an artist and their family's always like, yeah. uh. <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> we love you, but really, I mean, <laughs> you could have the, but, this well, uh, cushy nine to five job. <laughs> um, she,
0: she lives in a house full of other artists, mm-hmm. and um, they all work and do art at the. There's a place called the Nairobi Railway Museum Art Gallery. Um, so that's like where she goes during the day and does paintings, and um, like she also does huge graffiti murals in places. Obviously, so the place that she like does her the studio that she and the other artists are a part of is called the Dust Depot. Um, and they've got all it's just like a huge oh wow art studio. Um, and she I think what's cool about um her is that she and i was kind of talking about this a little bit i think last week or the week before with um oh it's the week before with oakley this program called beautify earth mm-hmm. which is all about um covering blight with art so they specifically focus on like neighborhoods that are um maybe see a lot of violence or crime and and buildings that are run down if you turn them into an art piece like the community naturally starts to thrive a little more because it's it changes that whole like when you look at it it's the broken window theory yeah
1: totally Um, it's like if you paint a room a soothing color it just changes how you feel yeah you know I totally yeah that yeah um, and so, but, I agree. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. It's like such a, it's such a simple mm-hmm. idea that makes so much sense. And so she's, she, um, that's, that's like what she does. She goes into violent neighborhoods and, or neighborhoods that have a lot of crime and she, uh, does huge pieces mm-hmm. in them. And she tries to include anti-violence messages and within the graffiti and, uh, make the people from the neighborhood. Uh, feel valued and she also um she takes girls along with her like some younger girls so they can learn how to make an income from street art and um like just encourage them and yeah
1: that's awesome I love it
0: and I, I also like she especially likes to depict African women. Mm-hmm. So she likes to show their faces from the side and she said she especially loves painting hair, especially afros and dreadlocks. To me, hair is like a crown that is bestowed on everyone. We should all Aww. have the freedom to do what we want with it.
1: That's really cool. Yeah. She sounds like she sounds like a cool girl. I think that I would like her. <laughs> I think we'd get I along. I'm like, you sound really awesome.
0: Yeah, and she just spends her whole day she wakes up at seven. uh Uh, it goes to studio goes around to different places and paints all day and goes home at eight and lives with a bunch of
1: other artists that's really cool I like that she takes younger young girls there to do this too because art it's like it's a hard thing to learn and to train and yeah there's art schools and stuff out there but if you don't have the means for that or if there's not something local um I think that's something that like living in Los Angeles, we're surrounded by it. So sometimes yeah. you take it for granted. It's like, well, you want to learn the art of whatever you could literally get down the street and there's going to be a studio where you can yeah. take classes. But sometimes that's not obtainable or it's so expensive. But just having someone to mentor you yeah. is so huge. And I feel like it's something that maybe, and maybe it's just in, in like my circle and my bubble, I don't see it as much as I feel like years ago, like, hearing stories from parents or grandparents, having, like, an apprenticeship or learning a craft was huge because I yeah. didn't always have schools or things to do that. And I don't know. There's just something very um, – this isn't the right word, but almost, like, romantic or beautiful about yeah. showing, teaching, and I don't know.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I love uh, I love the, the idea of um, – or not the idea, it happens in real life, but I think <laughs> – Person to person teaching, and um, I kind of get what you're saying. Like back in the day, it was like, and my grandfather yeah, taught me how to do the fields, made shoes and, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: and now my my father before yeah. him, and yeah. And you're like, all right, cool. And it's like this craft that's been passed down and perfected, and everyone makes it their own. And I think part of it now is we we do, and it almost goes back to the waste. Mm-hmm. Everything is manufactured and made in such a way, and and it's you know, and there's definitely a place for that because when you, when you look at that. There are more like, you know, goods are able to really span the globe, which yeah. they probably I wasn't around, but I assume wasn't as easy to do a couple hundred years ago. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's like something I think it's lost when there's when that human touch is gone. Yeah,
0: and that um, there's like a personalization to it even more so than when you go and just take a classroom, whatever, because mm-hmm. there's that personalization of like she specifically taught me. I've watched her do this mm-hmm. for a long time. It's like. Um, I feel like it just sinks in and is more personal. Uh, She also says that she loves working with communities because it gives me the opportunity to make an impact and communicate a positive message through art and that being a woman really helps in this sense. Other women from the community feel as if they can open up to me and talk Mm -hmm. to me about their issues.
1: That's really awesome. Yeah. Cool check. I like her.
0: Yeah, I was excited to see this little, this one's from the magazine I talked about last week, Positive News, which I'm, uh, after I pay rent, I'm going to get a subscription to. It's like a big, it's based out of London, but I think they do four issues a year or something like that. And so you get like this, it's like a big magazine and it's all full of positive news stories and stuff. That's awesome. I love it. I like that. I want to write for them.
1: (laughs) Right? (laughs) Um. Yeah. Uh, So if anyone out there from positive news (laughs) out of London, we believe, is listening. (laughs) I'm doing finger guns. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're so bad at, like, the self-promotion. We're like, yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: Well, I guess we are to – oh, man, I'm cruising through all these. I usually get too sidetracked, but I'm trying to be better at staying on point. My mom listened to one episode and she was like, "Hannah, you have to like, <laughs> you can't go on as many side trails as oh, you do." I
1: like that though. I do too.
0: <laughs> it's real life, you know. It is. This is real. This, this is, is a real conversation. This is how we have conversations. <laughs> Jen is sitting on my real couch and we're real talking. We're about drinking real coffee. Real coffee and, you know, real things. Yeah. Um. Bu- 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 well, where to you? Small town news, a.k.a. hometown news, (laughs) um, where now the way it works is that I uh, ask my guests ahead of time where they're from, and then I look up some local news, and I'm so excited about Jen's because... Uh, in the very beginning of doing the podcast, I would try and find like real small town news. I remember talking about like finding police beats or just finding oh, small little
1: community. <laughs> All you could find is like the police walking down the main street. <laughs> what, do you, what do you find? Oh, I got some good ones. Because <laughs> my town
0: is like that. Lander's like 7,000 people, and we used to always um, cut out the police beat from Uh our neighborhood things and put our favorite ones on the fridge because a lot of times it's like usually somebody thinks someone's breaking in but it's an animal or like there's crazy geese and you can't get them off the lawn. (laughs)
1: There's Uh somebody outside of the flash that's like no your front porch light is on. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah
0: that's what all of it is and they my favorite thing about small towns is they document every single Mm -hmm. one and they put it all in the newspaper um so there's no sense of privacy first of all it's like got names and everything and then just that there's so few and enough time to put the entire week's worth of police calls in the newspaper is my favorite. And Jen's town has that. Woohoo. So I was real excited. But first <clears throat> I pulled a couple things. So Jen is from Hopkinton. Is that mm-hmm. how you say it? Yeah.
1: Hopkinton, Massachusetts. Yeah. Yay. I Googled <laughs> it. It's
0: like 14,000. Mm-hmm. It's a good size. Yeah. Town. It's
1: a, it's a small town. It's, um, 26 miles from Boston, um, off the 495 for anyone who's been to Massachusetts. <laughs> it's where the Boston Marathon starts, and um, yeah, just a oh, small town. So
0: they started there and then they just run to yeah, Boston, yeah, they just run.
1: <laughs> they
0: just <laughs> I did not ever run realize that Boston, for Boston, yeah, reason. that's amazing, yeah, pretty cool. So is it
1: like along the countryside, um, or are there, I, I mean, the, the whole state's kind of like a countryside, like you yeah. run through a bunch of small towns. Um, but yeah, they go through like they start in Hopkinton, they go through like, oh geez, like Holliston, and uh, I'm, I'm trying to like think of the whole parade route. Um, and I can like I can picture the whole parade route, but I can't <laughs> think of it if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I th- I picture like the back of a T-shirt with like little people running and like all of these, and it's like Heartbreak Hill and da da da, and they go through, and it's like by Wellesley, and just it's just beautiful, and it's it's awesome, and um. And the Charles River starts as like a little stream in Hopkinton, also. Oh, yeah.
0: I that's so funny. For some reason, I guess I thought the Boston Marathon was like the LA one where you just run literally through the whole town. Oh right,
1: yeah. Because the LA Marathon's weird, and I feel like they change the route like every year, also, yeah. um, which is bizarre. Uh, I mean, I guess it totally makes sense because it's this is such a big city. But yeah, that was um, and it was a cool thing because it was like you know, they would shut down everything and everything would start. So like, like the town common or would like the town square was here. Then you have like an elementary school and it's like everything like all around like the high school, everything's super close, but it's this really small, like town common and you have all these people and, um, it's pretty crazy. We would like with Girl Scouts, like sell baked goods and, um, uh, I remember I had a friend whose dad worked at the fire department, so we would like go up on the truck to watch the very start of it, and it was a really cool thing because you know in small towns like the Fourth of July parade is a big deal. So yeah. it's something like oh, this yeah. is actually like <laughs> national news, and people are there with cameras, and um, it was it was insane. And like our the high school, it was so small, so it was a junior high and a senior high together, and the junior senior high school band would play at the start of the marathon. Oh. Um, which I did when I was like in 7th grade so bad. What did you play so what bad? Did you play? I attempted to play the clarinet. Yes. I have n- had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> um it was so bad and they would have these Boston Marathon jackets like when when you played like you could wear them and I remember getting Yeah, I played for two years, 7th and 8th grade and I had like a 2XL jacket and I've always been like I'm 5'2" now, but when yeah. I, then I was like maybe five feet, like <laughs> maybe five feet, like 90, 85, 90 pounds. Yeah. So like this tiny, just like scrawny kid and like this ridiculously I'm large I'm picturing,
0: picturing you in a 2XL right now. With like, my really funny. I, <laughs> so I can't imagine. Yeah. <laughs> Seventh grade, Jen. Yeah. That's amazing. Yes, what a perfect small town. <laughs> I love that your hometown is also a small town. Um, so I went through the Hopkinton Independent, um there was a couple different when I looked online there was a couple different ones and I wasn't sure but this one I liked because the way to view it was just like an actual scanned hard copy of the newspaper you gotta love it yeah it's it's real uh just like our conversation this couch and this coffee
1: yeah um people I don't know I don't know what did I just say um (laughs) um
0: so, this is in light. I, I went through the whole thing. I guess they're working on building. I didn't make this the good news of your small town because it looks like it's being held up right now. Oh, great. But they're working on building like a solar farm. Oh, that Hopkinson. sounds really cool. Yeah. So, I was like, well, good job, Hopkinton. But yeah. there's like some pushback right now from landowners and stuff. So, yeah, that's like the main controversy, news. I'm sure. <laughs> I mean,
1: I just, I, when I hear about it, so I thought, I feel like it's, um, um, like a movie. It's like, oh, we're going to yeah. do this, but no, the pushback. <laughs> yeah. And then it's... You're not coming in and taking my life. Yeah. yeah. And then the aliens come or something. Because <laughs> that's what happens in small towns like in movies.
0: Yeah. It, that's The movie signs. Uh-huh. Um, the, also, there's a... Th- <laughs> this last week, there was a three-day conference about how to reduce... Now that I know it's 14, only 14,000 people, this makes this even better, um, about... I forgot to save this one, but it's a three-day conference on how to reduce traffic on a certain street.
1: Did they say the street?
0: Uh, I can't remember oh, which one God. it is. Oh, my God. Now I wish I would have saved that one.
1: Well, because that town has, like, four stoplights. I mean, it's <laughs> there's no fast food restaurants. Yeah. There's not a movie theater. I mean, it's, it's a, a small, quaint... I guess the best way to describe it is anyone who's like read a Stephen King book or like yeah. watched a movie, those small New England towns, that's what it's like without like dead animals coming back <laughs> or, you know, your car killing you. But it has that feel and it's yeah, it was a cool it was a, a cool town. I love but that. man <laughs> how we're we gonna reduce traffic. We wanna take it down from six cars to four. <laughs> yeah.
0: What are we gonna do? Um so the Hopkinton Public Library this week, mm-hmm. God, this keeps getting blurry, um, I just screenshot photos f- from the newspaper, so uh, the Hopkinton Public Library and the Hopkinton Historical Society mm. present uh, Meet Lucy Stone, and they're having uh, the renowned storyteller, Judith Black, come in and play Lucy Stone. Um, and I was like, who is Judith Black? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I looked her up. She does actually, she is like apparently kind of a well known storyteller. She's had like some awards and things. Uh, but I just love, I mean, I was picturing like if this was in my town, I'm like, who would the renowned right. storyteller <laughs> like? Right. Renowned storyteller and actress Judith Black uh, <laughs> comes in and she's reading uh, uh, as Lucy, who is a civil war era woman who helped change the world she was born into uh i just thought that was a really cute little tidbit about (laughs) and then there's actually a lot of like real pro woman stuff going on in hopkinton right now there's um there's like all these different women's groups and women's business groups and where's the um did I forget to save the – there's, like, a, a group about – that's happening this week about getting – pulling women together and encouraging them to run for, like, political office oh, within the town awesome. and government. And yeah. if there's, like, a whole ad in the paper or a whole little column in the Hopkinton paper that's, like, we, we got to get more women involved in politics, and you have to start with your local government, and here's how you get involved and come to this meeting, and let's get our women empowered. And I was, like, hell yes, Hopkinton – um. Oh yeah, it's the <laughs> the Metro West Commission on the Status of Women, which I think is a really funny. Like you gotta maybe condense that because <laughs> they're like, you know, the MWCSW. <laughs> um, they're hosting Women org- Organizing to Win on February twenty second. So that already happened. Um, but it's just a panel of. They're having a panel of women who have previously run mm-hmm. for different offices, um, speak about stuff, and just encourage other women to get involved. I
1: just uh, picture, like, the same people in a room, and they're like, all right, the traffic. And they talk <laughs> yeah. about that, and they're like, all right, the women's panel. It's, like, it's almost – it's like the one thing after the other. Maybe three or four people come and go. Yeah. They're like, oh, I'm not on this panel. Oh, no, wait, sorry. I'm yeah. coming for the different panel. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're from small towns so we can we can make fun of them <laughs> if somebody because yeah. if somebody here was like yeah born and raised in New York I'd be like fuck you yeah, so you
0: don't talk about yeah you like you don't know
1: no. where you from <laughs> fuck off get out of here yeah. <laughs> I'd be so upset yeah
0: Um, so now we're to my favorite part of this hometown news I'm going to read you some police beat <laughs> corners okay. okay February 4th 10 20 a.m. bum bum <laughs> Uh, A Tamer Lane reported a suspicious package in his driveway. Mm. Officer Peter Booth responded and found frozen newspapers. All was okay.
1: Thank God. (laughs) Thank God.
0: I love that he, like, from inside his house saw a thing in the driveway and was like suspicious package and called the police and then came in there and just like it's just a pile of frozen newspapers <laughs> it's totally maybe
1: he's like <laughs> pissing people off i don't know it's like why did why does your your thought process go i guess you watched news there's a lot of bad stuff but i would never even now living in la if there was this i'd be like oh what's in here what <laughs> was this like misdelivered to me
0: it's a block of ice of newspaper <laughs> <laughs> what could it be um okay uh february 3rd 12.37 a.m. A Pendulum Pass caller reported her dog will not start barking, and she's concerned that someone might be outside. Mm. Sergeant Aaron O'Neill and Officer Jacob responded to the call and found nine deer on the caller's front lawn. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my
1: gosh. Well, that's, like, legit, though, because when yeah. dogs, when they act like that, like, it is it is scary. You're just like, oh, my gosh, what's out there? There's something out it's there. Like, odd. they run to all the windows, and yeah. they're, Yeah. <laughs> no it's not a (laughs) robber it's nine deer (laughs) oh my god maybe that's like that they were ganging up on her (laughs) yeah and I wonder what kind of dog she had like is it I just picture like this tiny little dog
0: yeah like a little a little guy like a little I don't know dog names dog kinds the only one I know is Pomeranian
1: oh yeah, yeah like a little Pomeranian or like a terrier
0: yeah um all of these are, sorry, I had to read through. There's so many, mm-hmm. and I wasn't <laughs> able to circle the ones because it's, uh, okay. Um, February 14th, 6.54 p.m.
1: Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. The 14th, yeah. What's going so, down? Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh, a caller reported that his teenager is home alone on Tamer Lane. Man, Tamer Lane, it's got a lot going on. Right? <laughs> and a person holding a lantern rang the doorbell. Officers John Corridan and Brian uh, Sancioni responded and located a registered solicitor. All was okay. I think I liked this one because of somebody holding a lantern, like somebody who's soliciting for something on Valentine's Day (laughs) and holding
1: a real lantern. It's like they thought it was um, Halloween. Yeah. (laughs) Holidays (laughs) confused.
0: And some teenager being like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, maybe, I think that might be the main ones, but there was a bunch of them, like, there was probably five different vehicles that got stuck in the snow, um, there was a bunch of different, like, suspicious phone calls. And people wanted it logged. There was a lot of ones that was like so-and-so called in and said he saw a suspicious person and wanted it logged. So there was a lot of those. All right. (laughs) But I I think the frozen newspaper one is my favorite.
1: I just want to, I mean, I think it's suspicious that anyone gets a newspaper anymore. I mean, isn't it for the most part online? Like I haven't, like I'll buy books and magazines, but like a, a newspaper. Yeah. I don't know when the last time like I picked up a real newspaper. Right. Maybe the airport or something.
0: I randomly almost bought one the other day. Wow. I was like walking by one of the quarter machines. Yeah. And I was like, maybe I'll get myself a paper. <laughs> then I'll
1: get my shoe on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Uh,
0: the newspaper one also
1: because they're his newspaper. <laughs> that's the thing is he forgot. He He's like forgot. I've been just reading everything on my iPad. I don't yeah. I don't I don't know why sir is a What is that out newspapers.
0: there? <laughs> Remember Jerry, you've been subscribed to the Hutchinson, what is it or not Hutchinson, Hopkinton Crier, is that what <laughs> Yeah. It's
1: yeah. Or it's uh, it's For all those years. Boston Globes even you've been, you've been getting.
0: <laughs> you get the New York Post? <laughs> Um, okay, so now we're on to Animal Corner. Oh, uh, this is about a little cat. Aww. <laughs> um, the, so the Brooklyn Police Force um, at the Coney Island 60th Precinct. I love it already. <laughs> they, uh, a little, um, like a little Kitten found his way over to the precinct, and the the cops working there like decided, um, instead of taking him to an animal shelter, that they like convinced uh, they convinced the head officer like we should just adopt it, yeah, and it should be a precinct cat. I think that's a great idea. So, um, let's see, Martin is his name the cat Uh (laughs) uh-huh they named it after martin d costanza uh who's like one of the officers and um who was the person who like lobbied for the who was like Mm -hmm. lobbying within the precinct to have the cat stay chief Um, we need a cat (laughs) (laughs)
1: firefighters they have the damn dalmatian we need a cat (laughs)
0: And they like pay for like Sheba cat food, and they got him shots, they got him neutered, microchipped, um, and every day the cat makes an appearance at roll call.
1: Oh, that's awesome! I wonder if somebody mm-hmm. like stole the cat. If that's like police property, I mean, even though it's like not oh, issued, yeah. but <laughs> it like belongs to the police. Like that could be somebody bad news. stole Martin? Yeah, don't don't steal Martin. What an awesome little guy though. What a lucky cat. You know? know.
0: Um yeah, he's uh he just hangs out in the precinct and there's like an adorable photo of one of the cops like really aggressively hugging him. (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh my god that is so funny if you can like somehow post that photo like yes. share it like on instagram or facebook yep. it's so funny because he is him. he's aggressively <laughs> hugging this cat but the cat doesn't look bothered by no, it he's like whatever he like has him picked up almost like he's sitting like a little person and he's like has his arms like underneath his paw and he's like yeah it's so funny and the cat's just like what up
0: <laughs> i live here
1: he looks like the cat from um, there's a bell around his
0: neck yeah too. a little bell it's the best.
1: So oh that's gosh. animal corner. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> good little one. Um well now we're to the part where I get to ask you about a time in your life that you either received good news or mm-hmm. got to give somebody else good news or just any time you were affected by something in a positive way. In
1: a positive way. That maybe you didn't. Expect. Yeah, I've been I've been thinking about this because I know you always ask it mm-hmm. and you told me you're going to yeah. ask. Um and it's it's one of those things like I, I honestly feel like anything can be good news. It's just, like, your mm-hmm. perception of it, right? Yeah. Um, and there have been times where – there I went back and forth. Like, there are two different things I was thinking about sharing, but I decided to go with the one that's, like, maybe a little more um, um, subtle. I don't know. And it takes us back to mm-hmm. Hopkinton <laughs> When I was in seventh grade, I decided to um, – I was about to say audition. Oh, God. Um, try out for the softball team, the middle school softball team. And the fact that I use the word audition lets you know how – I was just Yeah, say. how um, not athletic I am. And I did, like – I did, like, Little League and, and all that stuff as a kid, and I just really wanted to, to play softball, and um, – Like I said before, I was a small, like, scrawny kid. I was always, like, the smallest in my class. I'm still now, like, the size of a child. (laughs) Like, I try to, like, when we all line up for improv shows, like, sometimes I look back at pictures and I'm like, oh, my God. (laughs) I'm, like, a good foot shorter than everyone sometimes, I feel. Um, So I decided to do this, and I wasn't... By any means, the best and tryouts were two days, and I remember our <laughs> two day tryouts. Yeah, it was wow. two day tryouts. It was like a, a thing, like a callback. Yeah, it <laughs> was like it was like two days, and I just think I don't know. Um, I wasn't by any means the best, and there were a lot of girls at the time. Like that's the age where some girls kind of like became like mean girls, if no, you would. Yeah. Grade? Yes. yeah, absolutely. So there were girls that really weren't, and I was also awkward. So I'm like the scrawny, awkward <laughs> kid. Um. And I wasn't like in that group at all. And all the other girls were kind of in that group. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I wanna do this and I'll and I'll I'll try hard. So I tried I tried as hard as I could like the first day. Um oh, but even starting <laughs> out like the first day I'm like running down to the field uh-huh. and I'm a few minutes late and I trip and I roll down oh the hill God. and everyone's like laughing. I mean, I remember being mortified, but I made like a joke about it. Yeah. And and then, you know, they were like, oh, like, oh, she's like, she's just funny, which wasn't true. I was like, more, I was like so mortified. I was like, I just embarrassed myself and I literally like fell and rolled down a hill. It was so bad. Um, and then I get up and I'm like all like, covered in grass stains and like, Dirt. It's so horrible. And I was like, oh, Aww. whatever. And then, like, I was just bad at everything. Like, I couldn't – like, I mean, I I tried that. I tried really, really hard. And then they posted <laughs> the names on the list. And mm-hmm. um, I'm, like, looking down. I'm like, all right, mean girl, mean girl, mean girl, mean girl, <laughs> mean, mean girl. <laughs> mean, and then, like, I see my name and I was like, oh, oh, my – how how could this be how could this be and I beat out a couple of like the mean girls who (laughs) probably are better than me but I think it was like a hundred percent attitude yeah like I think because I just gave it my all and I tried I think the coach was like you know what we're gonna give this this one a try (laughs) so I was on the middle school softball team that year and I still never became like good friends with like the other girls on the team you know there's still that weird thing but I think they hated me less I don't know but was it fun to be on it? It if was they were fun. All mean girls? I mean, okay. like when we were played, like as a team, they like when you're on the field, you're doing your thing. I think, yeah, I think after a while, I think people were kind of pissed that like I got on the team over a couple of some of their friends. Yeah, you know, um, I remember like feeling that or feeling like maybe I don't belong or maybe I shouldn't Aww. do it or whatever. But it's something that definitely helped me because. So I did softball, and then I tried out again the next year, and I made the team. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. after a year of playing hard, I didn't suck quite as bad. Like, yeah. I was actually decent in eighth grade. Not, like, the star <laughs> of the team at all, but I didn't fall down a hill. <laughs> so, like, it turned out good. And then the year after, when I started high school, we moved. Um, my dad was transferred, and we moved to Tennessee. So, like, a total, like, flip of, um, of like – my young life. Yeah. But I think having that, like, in the back of my head always, like, reminded me that, like, you can do something. Like, you can Mm -hmm. just try. Just give it your all. Mm -hmm. And it motivated me to, like, try out for the drama club when I was in high school. And um, I made a lot of friends there through that who I'm still friends with or I still, like, keep in contact with. And it really, I think, you know, was still awkward, like, all through high school and college and even now. But... (laughs) I feel like just that, like, almost planted the seed or something. Yeah. Like, somehow, always, like, having that in like, the back of your mind or whatever. I don't know if that even makes sense. Yeah. But it's like, kind of like one of, like, and there have been so many times I've tried out for things or put myself out there and haven't got it. Like, I've had rejection a lot in my life and I'm okay with that. But I think sometimes, yeah, like these little defining moments, um, kind of like help shape us in a way but definitely seeing my name on the list like just having that pride like wow and I was so shocked by it yeah because I had these two days of tryouts where you know you'd be up there at batting practice and maybe would you know be pitched 10 balls and I'd hit Maybe like five or six, and the other girls are just like man, everyone's like out of the field, you know. Yeah. And it's like, but I would be trying, and so I just—I just flicked my hair tie at Hannah by mistake. That's um, <laughs> why <laughs> so we're like, what's happening? Um, yeah, but I—I I like really wanted, it, and I tried really hard. Yeah. And I don't know, and I just something I've always believed. It's like just try like to do your best, like just yeah. try hard and see what happens. Because I'm—I'm very much the person like. There's always a part of me when it comes to trying something new, there's that voice that's like, it's not going you sh- to, you, you shouldn't even do yeah. it. Yeah. You shouldn't, like, don't even put your name in the bucket for this. And I have to, like, go, like coach myself to do it a lot of yeah. times. Like, do those mantras. Like, no, you can do you this. You can do it. You're good. You you never know. But I think if I wouldn't have made it, I think the voice would have won Yeah. from that age. And I think... I would never put my name in the bucket now, Mm, you know? mm -hmm. Um,
0: Yeah, it's like a defining – it's so interesting. Charles talks about making the Little League, like, I think fifth grade or something like that, same age, the Little League, baseball. Yeah. Uh, Same thing, like, seeing his name on the list and being like – What? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think that's such an important lesson that some people, like, to learn it at a young age like that, like, try stuff. Yeah. And even if even if you're not the the best or it's not your thing if you're interested in it, like try it out. Some people I feel like I'm still learning that constantly as an adult. Mm-hmm. And some people never learn it until they're an adult. Like don't just try it. Try it out. My one of my best friends has a saying that she says all the time that I try to remember. Um nervous means do it. Yeah, oh, that's scared, awesome. Yeah, scared means ask for help. Yeah. So like nervous means you should try it. You should go for it and see what happens. I, t-
1: I totally agree because I think nervous, like, the butterflies in your stomach, it means you care, mm-hmm. you know? And when you're fearful, it, it's your body telling you that, like, something bad could happen. Yeah. And it's like being able to know the difference because sometimes, yeah, there are certain things where it's terrifying us, but it's the nervous terror. Yeah. Like, terror. Or I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die. Or
0: if you're super scared about something, just being like, "Hey, how do you do this?" And then you can do it exactly. Um, Like just asking somebody, not being afraid to ask for help, and not being afraid to try things. Yeah,
1: and I think people want to help. But that's the thing too. It's having like that pride, almost like what I was saying before with like when we were talking about the women's shelter and like, like, "Oh, I get it," because I'm not like a person that always asks asks for help. I think it's the older and wiser I get, but no, it's important to ask because I think people do want to help. But yeah. I think it's also important to know what you're asking for. Oh
0: yeah, because you That's have huge. to like
1: be specific, and you have to know it's like what do, what do I want? What do what I do want I mean? from? Yeah. How can this person really help me? Because if you don't know what you want, no one's ever going to be able to help you.
0: Yeah, you have to be able to articulate and communicate and figure yeah. out for yourself what you. actually Yeah, you do. Like you have to with.
1: literally know what you want help like what you want out of any situation yeah. it's like what's your goal if you don't know your role no one else is gonna know it no one else is gonna be able to help you yeah um oh we're so profound
0: <laughs> <laughs> I hate when you're like so bogged down with uh Charles had a crazy day at work the other day where he had like 16 tables at a time or something and uh when you're in that moment and somebody's like how can I help and you're so overwhelmed that you you're like I don't I can't even yeah. articulate to you what like I don't have time (laughs) to even tell you how I need help articulating help is such a huge thing yeah um I love your story though what a big (laughs) I love that I love stories when people talk about something when they were little that like made such
1: a huge impact on
0: them Um, yeah
1: like at at first when I was thinking about that question I was like man do I have like any good news things to share and then I was like of course like good news happens all the time and because I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm thinking, like, good news anytime you hear, like, yeah, you got a job or, like, yeah. ex- being a- accepted into school or, like, a part that you land or whatever. Yeah, of course, those are huge and you feel like you're on top of the world. But I think at the same time, good news is, like, even a little thing. Like, when you come out to your car and you're, like, oh, I have another 10 minutes at the meter. I can go to Starbucks. Like, yeah. It doesn't, like, <laughs> it doesn't have to. I think good, good things happen all the time and we're just blind to it. Yeah. I think it's so easy for us to pick out the bad things and dwell on it. Mm-hmm. And, um. I don't know I I think also the, the older I get I try to look at the glass being half full or just yeah. happy that I have a glass it's yeah like, this is I, ha- I have a glass and maybe I'll find a water bottle filling station <laughs> so I can fill it up and make I less trash <laughs> I'm happy
0: I have a glass it's you know? so true yeah um that's awesome yeah I think a lot I feel like I used a metaphor uh, or I have a metaphor I think of of like like a blank piece of paper Mm -hmm. um it's actually all like
1: or you mean like a dry erase board because then it's not trash
0: (laughs) reusable dry erase board that you bought without any plastic yeah and it's like um
1: like eco-friendly markers or something Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah
0: um and you never use paper towels to erase no and every
1: time you use it um you're saving a dolphin.
0: Yes, exactly. So I picture that board and <laughs> how it's all blank and, like, basically, like, uh, that's the world that we live in all the time, like, mm-hmm. filled with light. Yeah. It's all, and then you put one black mark on it or one dark mark. Mm-hmm. You've got a, a old blue x marker and you draw a huge mark on it. And that's all you can focus on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, and when in reality, it, the whole rest of the picture is fine yeah um it's nice and clean and yeah you you erased it earlier with a reusable like an old shirt that you were gonna throw away but you don't you didn't want to make more trash <laughs> so you and, turned it into yeah an eraser.
1: and with that like someone else could look at the your board and like the, the blue thing isn't the first thing they notice. all I notice is like wow look at how like that that board is like so this is like, this analogy is so silly but it's like they just have such a great board like I don't I don't even have a board or my board is, like, half the size. It's, like, yeah, it's – I think it's human nature. I think it's hard not to take things for granted and to always Mm -hmm. try to be positive. And at the same time, sometimes I think it's detrimental. Like, someone who's, like, no, I am, you know, the sun shining and I'm, like, I am happy to just be alive. It's, like, yeah, but you can – at the same time, it's, like, I feel like you should always try to better yourself and see how you can, like, make other people happy but at the same time be happy, like, where you are. It's a weird – balance that I'm still yeah. working on. Oh know? yeah
0: me too every human it's um, I feel like it's a perpetual there's a difference between being positive and being in denial mm-hmm. and yeah. like pushing things away and pretending stuff isn't happening I, I've i been listening to this uh, awesome book lately called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck mm-hmm. which isn't about being um, apathetic or not caring about stuff it's just about like just understand that every – you're just going to face adversity every day and different – and it'll be different and sometimes it'll be huge. And there's always going to be problems because if you didn't have any problems, you also wouldn't be happy.
1: Yeah. Because you never
0: feel like you're moving or changing and like uh, your mind feeling depressed or feeling like there's a problem means that something needs to change and you're just like – and that we're constantly in a rat race of how do I be better? How do I be happy? And just like being OK with where you're at and trying to change out your yeah. problems for better problems is like what we're all doing. Yeah.
1: It's like you got to enjoy the journey. Yeah. You know? And and that's, I think, what's hard for most people, including myself. I yeah. mean, I feel like there are probably very, I mean, maybe like some, I can be like a Buddhist monk somewhere, right? Yeah. Or someone who's has this, like, almost different way of thinking, other than, like, those few people, like a Mother Mm -hmm. Teresa or a Buddhist monk, Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I would say most everyone is struggling to have that balance, which is okay, is, I I think you just need to, I don't know, I I find for me just, like, being aware of it and trying to, like, just stop and um, take it all in, because, like, all of this good news that we've read, I feel like if someone... Like someone could look at the, that the trash clean up and be like, well, yeah, but you know, it's on the wall. It's not going to get all the trash, yeah. you know. And it's like, well, yeah, but it's getting so much of it, and it's so fun, and it's so it's such a fun it has thing. googly eyes, yeah, it, and it has <laughs> it's so cool. I think everyone listening need to look this thing up because it's so fun. It almost looks like the way it's designed, like a snail or something, yeah. But like the the, the way that things are going over and these big eyes, and it's just so fun and. Whoever came up with that, props to you. That's a really cool idea. And thanks for making it fun yeah. and personifying it like that, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's awesome. And then this, this podcast is just such a cool thing, Aww, you know? Because there is, there's so much, especially now, you know, we, everyone is so hyper aware of what's going on mm-hmm. with our country politically and, and the economy. And there's a lot that can easily bring you down. And sometimes it's overwhelming to think, like, how can I help? Yeah, and what can I do? And hearing these little stories, and and hearing that sometimes you think something's horrible, and it's just a bunch of frozen newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um. I want to make that. I like a meme. Sometimes you think
0: something's horrible, and it's just a bunch of frozen newspapers. Uh, but it's so true. Uh. And there, there's been like studies that um, when all you focus on is negative stuff, you people start. People are not as inspired to do something to help the world mm-hmm. as when you present, like, a solution-based, like, well, I think we need more solution-based news mm-hmm. as opposed to just this is awful, this is awful, here's what Trump did today, this is awful, this is awful, because you start to feel helpless, and you're like, how can I help at all? Yeah. But when you, when you show the problem and then start offering solutions to it, that's when people feel inspired to do more stuff. Oh, yeah. Which I is totally. why... And it's all part right, of that right. balance. Like, don't deny that bad stuff is happening, but don't pretend that that's the only thing happening. Yeah, there's always the other side. Absolutely, always the other side. Balance, balance. Happiness, positivity, real conversations. Real conversations
1: <laughs> by real conversations by real people
0: with real coffee
1: with the real coffee. Oh, thank you so much, Jen. This was so Yay. much fun. Oh thanks my for gosh, over this was this so fun and thanks for sharing all the everything that like I love. <laughs> Trash, cat, <laughs> art,
0: googly eyes. Googly
1: eyes. Frozen newspapers. <laughs>
0: 10,000 deer in someone's yard.
1: <laughs> 9 to 10,000, whatever. Some of the statistics are wrong. And then there's a right. million deer. <laughs> oh, from outer space.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, well, everybody, we'll see you next week and good news <laughs> later. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the good news podcast. Check out the Facebook page Hello and Good News and the Instagram at Hello and Good News for photos and links to the stories I talk about. And if you enjoy the podcast, please rate and review it. Bye bye. <laughs>